Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Influencer Podcast. Today, I got to talk to an incredible woman who is also a blogger and a content creator and a listener of this show. I get to dive in deep with the incredible Tiffany Turner Moon. Now, on today's episode, we talk about how to start a blog, even if you feel like it's been done already. Tiffany came in the game a few years ago, and that's how she felt. And she shares her incredible story of how she's been able to use her voice and make an impact, even when she didn't think she was a big enough blogger or influencer to do it. We also talk about how to pivot your messaging and niching down content while growing a blog, how to create content that your community actually wants, even when you don't have a community yet, and how Tiffany used her voice and impact to create national awareness and garner media attention for something that really mattered to her, which was the Black Lives Matter movement, and really showcasing what it's like to be a content creator in this space who is also a woman of color. We also talk about how to find your influence and voice that when you're just starting out. This is an incredible episode, especially for those who feel kind of lost in the weeds right now. Maybe you've started, you started out recently, or maybe you've been at this for a while, but you just feel kind of murky and heavy with what you're doing online. Tiffany is a great resource and inspiration to help you overcome that. Let's dive in. Do you think that you need a massive following to land brand deals? Well, I want to help you think about that again in my brand new workshop. Now, in my new workshop, I teach you exactly how to land big brand deals in five simple steps, even with a small following. Now, my five easy steps take you from crickets to actually landing collaborations. And it's not as hard as you may think it is. During this class, you learn what your feed must have to attract paid brand deals, what to include in a, pre- in a pitch to make it less about yourself and more about the people that you're pitching, why 90% of media kits do not help you, what a successful pitch template should say, and I also give you a template, Plus, I also share some pitch blocks that may be keeping you stuck from hitting a lot of those profitable goals that you're wanting to hit. I don't want you to miss this. I also give you a brand new free training just for showing up that it's all about how to grow the right following to land paid brand deals. Again, you get this new audio training just for showing up to the webinar. So if you want to join us on this new class, you can go to pitchitperfect.net slash masterclass. Again, that's pitchitperfect.net slash masterclass. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, speaker, and New York Times bestselling publicist. This is where I take you behind the scenes with today's top influencers, industry insiders, and entrepreneurs as they share step-by-step strategies to help you turn your online dreams into a purposeful and profitable business. Hi, Tiffany. It's so good to have you with us today. Hi, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so excited uh, to chat with you about your journey as the content creator um, and really how you've been able to cultivate impact through using your voice and using your messaging where it matters most. And I'm really excited to dive into what that's looked like for you and kind of the the feedback and the effects that you have seen from showing up, um, even sometimes when we don't think that, you know, it matters. Um, so first, I would love to hear more about you. Tell us um, how you got into this whole world of content creation, what drove you to it, and uh, really kind of how you've been finding your journey of, of niching down um, in terms of your content and messaging. Sure. So I started blogging uh, two years ago. Um, I, you know, I've always been very opinionated and I've always loved writing. And so one day I was talking to my husband and I was like, I like, I have stuff to say, like, why don't I start a blog? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. Like I'll support you. And I was like, okay, great. And uh, my mom is from North Carolina, but raised me uh, in Connecticut. Um, And so when thinking of names, I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm a Northern girl through and through, but I'm, you know, living in the South. How about Northern Belle of the South? So that was born. And then um, I, you know, I, I used to always kind of put myself in a box I didn't realize probably until like six or seven months in that I could actually monetize. And so from that point, I was like, okay, so I can keep my full-time job, but I can also, you know, bring on some side income. So why not? And then, you know, still help people out with fashion and tips and stuff like that. 
Um, but very quickly I realized I want to talk about more than fashion. So, you know, I started talking about our, um, infertility struggles and I started talking about my hair. Um, I realized that there was a really big place for African-American women, um, with curly hair that, you know, wanted to talk about it and wanted to hear about it. And so I was like, great. And my daughter, um, who is half white, um, has very, very different hair from me. It's very fine. It's very long. And I was like, oh, I, you know, that's another platform that I can, you know, really talk about and talk to and teach mothers how to, you know, take care of their daughter's hair. And so very quickly it morphed, um, into more than I ever thought, um, it could be, um, with regards to my niche, I think, I think I really didn't figure out like where I want it to be with, with regards to blogging until probably about a year ago. And then it became like profoundly clear to me, um, probably within like the last two months, um, you know, with everything that's going on in the country, like I just realized like I'm, I, these are conversations that I have every day about, uh, race and inequality, um, and diversity and inclusion. So I was like, you know, why wouldn't I want to be a part of this conversation? Um, so very quickly, I have been actually rebranding my blog and kind of changing it to better um, better suit that side of me so people can really, you know, get that side of me and, and learn it, and but also come to, you know, hear about fashion, but then also hear about hair and everyday life, everyday struggles. I love that. And I want to kind of talk a little bit about that because I, we have so many listeners that are just starting out or, you know, they they, they find it hard to kind of identify with some of the content creators that we'll have on that's been, that have been doing this for years. Right. And so I love that you, you're two years in, you've already learned so much already. How were you able to kind of, uh, notice, define, figure out, you know, as your blog was growing, how were you able to figure out how to niche down and where to niche down and where to pivot that messaging. Like, for example, you were talking about your daughter's hair and you came up with the idea of like, oh, well, this could be something interesting to share. To me, it sounds very authentic to just you and your life and and what's happening around (laughs) you. But a lot of people find that really challenging. They don't, you know, maybe they don't think that that would be interesting enough or that people would relate to that enough. So how were you able to kind of just go for it and test it out and, and see what happened? It's interesting. I took, um, I took a blogger course and they talked about not putting yourself in a box. And I was like, that's exactly what I do. Um, and they said, you know, so many times you see people saying you have to be, you only can have one niche and that's all of that you can talk about. But they, the course I took talked about, like, if you, you know, hair care, or if you're really into, um, plus size clothes, like you can combine everything from your life and bring it alive for your audience and kind of make yourself the matter expert on it and have your page reflect all of that. So I began to honestly look up hashtags and I began to look like, I think the first ones that I researched were like curly hair, or I put uh, curly girls and curl friends and I would look at the hashtags and look at different people's feeds. And I'm like, okay, if they are getting this much attention up on their feeds, if they are getting this many likes, you know, this many comments, this much, much engagement, there's definitely room for me to add my voice to the conversation, especially because I'm doing it every day. You know, I'm not, I'm not just talking about it. It's something that I, I really have to deal with every day, learning how to do, you know, my daughter's hair versus my hair, which are completely different. Um, and so that was probably, that probably was really the tipping point for me was realizing that there was a platform was when I started looking at hashtags, when I started looking at other influencers outside of myself and I kind of broadened my spectrum, didn't really just look at people who look like me, but look just, just really at everybody and then realize, okay, like there is room for me. You know, I love that because really to me, that's just that's just a confidence piece, right? Like it was just you saying, you know what, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to test it out. I'm going to see if it works. I'm going to do it just because it feels right. And then I'm going to learn what I need to learn to then go from there. Right. And to me, I think that that it's really just having the confidence to try something out and and see if it works or not. Um, Especially when you're just, when you're first starting out. Because a lot of times I get that idea of, um, and maybe you have some insight to this that, you know, I'll hear the questions or ideas from people of, but Julie, how do you know what content to create? How do you know what your audience wants? I don't really even have an audience. So how do I even begin to create things that I would think that they would want? What is, what's your answer to that from your own experience? Um, from my own experience, it, 
I think you create the content and your audience will come. You know, if you are creating stuff that really feels good to you and you feel like is of value, I, I'm not one of those people who is like, um, not that many people will show up. I really feel like if you are creating that good content and it feels good to you, you will find like-minded people who are like, I like that. Or I like the way she talks to me and not at me. You know, I like the way that she shows the, the ups and downs of her marriage and how it's not perfect. I like where she talks about infertility. Like I'm struggling about it. Who would have thought, you know, she's struggling about it when her feed is so pretty, you know? So I think, I think as you create it, you will create, um, you'll create that community. And it, it just kind of, you know, it just kind of, they, they feed off of one another and they really, it, it seems like magical, but they really do just start coming. Mm, I love that. And from your experience, how long did that take you for you to see them just start coming? Um, not very long, actually. It's, you know, probably as I started posting about my daughter's hair, um, cause I was just doing fashion, but as I started posting about my daughter's hair very quickly, I started getting more moms saying my daughter is biracial. My child is biracial. I, I don't know how to do their hair. And I was like, Oh, that's <laughs> send me a DM. Like I will give you like a total rundown. I'll tell you about the different hair types, anything that I can do to help. Um, and then when I started talking about like infertility and what was going on with my husband and I, and the struggle from that very quickly, women started showing up and they were just like, I mean, I thought it was just me, or I wouldn't think from, you know, looking at your feed, like you look very happy. I wouldn't think that you're struggling with fertility issues. And I think from there, it really showed me like, this is important. Like it's important to show the good and the bad. It's important for people to see all facets of you versus just a manicured, um, version of what, you know, social media wants to personify. They need to see everything so that they know that you're real. And from there, it became word of mouth. Well, I heard from you from X and I heard from you from Y and Z. And then I was like, oh, this is great. Like word of mouth. <laughs> this is, this is amazing. This is organic. It's, it's incredible. So I, it was, for me, it was very, very quickly. But again, I think it, it happened so quick because I'm very, I try to be very authentic and very transparent um, with my following. So they know like, listen, we're here to grow. I'm here to grow with you. Like, this is not about me being a teacher. This is about us both being teachers and students and learning from everything. And we talked a lot about learning and I want to talk a little bit about community from your experience thus far, two years in, how has cultivating and finding a community of other content creators and bloggers, you know, how has that been helpful? And then in what ways have you found that to continue to be a challenge? Um, it has been helpful with really just having someone who understands the ups and downs of being a blogger and or an influencer. Um, I can talk to my husband about it till I am blue in the face and he is so supportive. He is incredible, but at the same time, he's, he, he doesn't really understand it because he's not doing it. He's just watching it. So in that sense, like it's, it's been wonderful to make these relationships and speak to these women and know that I have somebody who's going through the same thing or who's, you know, wants to grow or wants brand partnerships and knows that it's not easy. And then I have people in my life who are huge influencers who are like, you'll get there. Like, don't worry about it. So, you know, it's a nice balance. Um, but with it being difficult, you know, very, early on when I started in the, um, blogging community, I found that not everybody was forthcoming with their knowledge, um, which was kind of silly to me because, you know, (laughs) you would think that they would think there's literally, um, a bag for everybody. Like there, there's, there's literally opportunities for everyone within the blogging community because we're all so different and bring such different things to the forefront. But, it sucked. You know, it, it was a little bit of a slap in the face. Like I would reach out to some bloggers or say, Hey, you know, I see you have a preset or your, your photos are all so beautiful. And, and they, they all look to be the same, but different, you know, what did you do? Or, you know, who did you use your, for your photographer? And sometimes it, they would read it and not respond. Other people will say, well, this is somebody that I heard is a really good photographer. You might want to try them out versus sharing who their photographer was. Or I would mm. say, you know, what, what did you attend any classes? Did you do any local networking opportunities? Um, it is very, for, in some sense, the blogging world and the influencing world is very clicky. And if you don't know the who's who, you will have a difficult time um, moving up the ladder, unfortunately. Um, I've tried to change that. I've tried to 
Um, I haven't done it in a while, but I used to do on my feed, uh, Teach Me Monday, where I would tell people stuff that I did, be it hashtags and why they're important, how I researched them, um, presets. I talk about that, you know, giving your feed a cohesive look. Like I try to share the things that some wouldn't share with me, but at the same, at the, you know, to the, to the same token, there was one big influencer, Jamie, um, Citiano, I think her last name is I DM'd her early on in my blogging journey. And when I say she responded and she literally said to me, I'm at a party right now, but if you give me a couple hours, when I get home, I will tell you everything I know. That was two years ago. And this woman still answers my DMs when I send her one and I say, hey, I don't know what to do about this. Or do you think like I'm selling myself short with how much I'm saying, you know, this is my rate. And she answers back and is so informative, so compassionate, just she's wonderful. So there are those influencers who will really say, you know what? Like, I just want to help you move up. This is not going to take away from my shine. Let me help you. Right. Which is, is rare, you know? And, and it's, you see content creators kind of do this in, in various ways. Um, you know, as people grow, you know, and they try to manage those kinds of things, some people just may not care. And so they'll just never respond. Right. Um, they don't care to, to support or help other people. And, you know, they, they, what, you know, to each their own. Um, some people may create content around it. Some people may a voice DM people back. Um, some people may create podcasts. I mean, that was one of the biggest reasons why I started the influencer podcast is because I was getting these questions all the time, you know, and I was like, why don't we just have this one source where everyone can go? Um, and so it's, you know, I like that to me, what always comes up is that idea of transparency. And I think that that's been coming up a lot in this industry is that just as a whole, we, you know, to really shift and to move forward, we need to be transparent. And, and like you, you know, early on in my career, I had some fellow content creators that were very open and transparent and very given, uh, giving of contacts and information. And they would invite me to events and X, Y, and Z. And it really did help me kind of you know, find that foundation, but there's so many people out there that don't have that support. So what would be your advice to them if they're not, you know, if they can't find that community that they're looking for, instead of just saying, instead of giving up, because the communities are out there, right? You just may have to kind of find them along your way. What would be your piece of advice to, um, to those content creators? Um, well, first things first, I would say, keep pushing. Um, you know, I had a couple of times where I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like I can't find anybody to answer my questions. Like I can't, you know, I can't keep bogging Jamie down. Um, keep pushing because there are those people out there. Um, other thing I would say is, um, podcast, uh, your podcast actually, it's so funny. Um, I listen to all the time. And when I say I have learned so much from your podcast and the creators that you've brought on your podcast, it's insane. I would say, you know, research, you want to look at different podcasts. You want to look for Facebook groups where, you know, women are sharing tips, um, and tricks of the trade. I can't remember how I happened upon, um, a couple of the Facebook groups that I'm in, but it was just, um, dumb luck, I guess. I was looking up, I might've been looking up groups or communities and it, um, there was an influencer, I think, I can't remember her name, but she had it like, um, displayed on her feed. And she was like, this is a pod, uh, podcast. This is a Facebook group. It's a private one, but you can put your questions here. You can put your concerns. And some days I see some people saying, have you lost followers because of speaking out about the, uh, black lives matter movement? Uh, other people are like, Hey, is this rate good enough? Like, do you think this matches up with my numbers? Like other people are just like, Hey, I just want to come up and talk and introduce myself to you guys. I'm so-and-so. And then you'll get like numerous different influencers, content creators, bloggers who are like, Hey, let me follow you. What's your link. Um, so I would just say, give yourself, give yourself some grace and just keep going. Um, and just make sure you're doing your research. Don't, don't, don't just go with what's presented in front of you because you know, everything that glitters isn't gold. Do your own research, find your own community, find your own niche where you fit in and your group where you fit in. And I promise you will thrive. You will absolutely thrive. It just takes time. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. 
You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions, whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. My friends, as creators, we work so hard creating our content. So we don't want to leave it up to things like an algorithm to determine how successful our online brands and businesses can be. And that is why I love Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs like myself build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. And I know they can help you too. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, your passions, your experiences into enriching offers like online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, communities, personalized coaching, and so much more. What I love about Kajabi is that not only does it make it super easy to use, but they don't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. You don't need a huge audience to make a sustainable income online. I talk about that all the time here on the podcast. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures without having hundreds of thousands of followers, and you can too. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business Go to kajabi.com slash influencer. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash influencer. Go to kajabi.com slash influencer and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. I love that you said that. And really it's it's about like also to like reading the room and yeah. really know it. Because a lot of times, you know, I don't care if you have a million followers or if you have 10 you know, a lot of times people just don't do a lot of business in the DM, right? Right. It's like they have another avenue for that or another resource or another place that they direct people to go. Um, And, and they are entitled to that, right? It's like, we don't know what's happening with people's lives and families and businesses and what have you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, one of the things that we always say in my business is that we like to keep record of, of, of support and resources so we can, kind of keep an eye on, you know, what is it that people really need so we can service that to them if it makes sense for us. And as of now with Instagram, it's so hard to properly organize a DM and properly (laughs) archive a DM and properly like search a DM. And so if you're someone who is, you know, getting a lot of DMs a day, um, or even not, if you're just someone who can't, you know, you don't have the time or resources to manage it. Um, what I love, what comes up for me when you're talking about that and what I love is like thinking of, of a, you know, if you're someone who gets asked a lot of questions or if you're someone who is asking, it's, it's, it's this idea of if you don't want to do it on the DM, that's fine. You can be transparent and honest about that. But then where's the call to action from there? Where are you directing people to go? And right. having a place or a resource or a tip or a Facebook group or whatever it may be, um, could be so invaluable, you know, just to that conversation. And so I love that you kind of shared that of just not really giving up because, and it's not really about taking it personal either. You know, it's, you know, it's reaching out to this person. Okay. For whatever reason, they didn't get back to me, or maybe they directed me here. And then you have to take the responsibility of then taking the action for the next steps. Correct. Which I love that. And then I want to chat, I mean, because I know that you said recently you've really been shifting your messaging even more, um, especially with this year and just everything that happened with COVID at at the kind of earlier in the year and that's still happening with COVID. (laughs) And then everything that happened with George Floyd and, you know, Black Lives Matter, which has been around for a while now, really coming at the forefront we also have an election coming up later this year. So who knows, you know, what's to come. Um, so with all of that said, for you in terms of your, your messaging, how has 
the world and, and everything that has been happening, how has that since, you know, changed your messaging and your content and how you want to show up and, and who you want to be in terms of having a platform? I have always said um, that I'm very transparent uh, with my following, um, but I feel like part of me wasn't transparent in my everyday struggles as an African-American woman. Um, and so it's just not a part, it, it was conversations that I was having every day at home and with my husband who is white um, and with my daughter who is half white, but I wasn't having it uh, with my following. With the death of George Floyd, um, I think especially because COVID is going on, you know, everything was at a standstill anyways, we were all forced to watch and forced to listen. Um, and so for me, I just kind of felt like, well, here I am a black woman, you know, I, I don't talk about, you know, the times that I've experienced racism. I don't talk about, you know, when my daughter has experienced it, um, at her private school, like these are things that I don't talk about, but these are things that people are struggling with. Why am I not, you know, having these conversations and, and using that, that this platform and really my daughter is what sparked it. Um, she and I were having a conversation about George Floyd's death and, um, she, I knew that the video was circulating. I hadn't watched it myself yet. I have since, but I have, I hadn't watched it at that point. And she's turning 10 next month. And I said, Hey, uh, you know, have you heard about this? Yes. I said, okay. Uh, have you seen the video? No. I said, okay, great. I don't want you to watch it. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. Under no circumstance are you to watch this video. Seriously, Bill. And she said, okay. And I said, have your friends seen it? Yes. A couple. And I said, okay, well, let, let's talk. And she said, this is talk about racism. And I said, it is. And uh, for her, I mean, she comes from, her father is Italian. So she comes from this big, loud family who just loves everybody, doesn't see color, welcomes anyone in. She couldn't understand it. Like she couldn't fathom that somebody would be killed because of the color of their skin. And by the end of the conversation, she said to me, I don't want to die because of the color of my skin. What about Ethan, who is my nephew, who is half black, half Hispanic? Um, and then she said, the people who are supposed to be speaking up aren't. And I was like, yeah, you're right, Bella. They're not like, they're not speaking up. How dare they? And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> have a seat, Tiffany. Cause you're not speaking up either. Um, and it was from that point that I was like, okay, like she needs to see what action looks like, but not only her, my following needs to see it. They depend on me to be transparent. My daughter, my family depends on me to be transparent and use my voice and speak and, you know, speak for those who can't speak and stand for those who can't stand. And here I am talking about everything, but, um, and, you know, to be an influencer, and I say this a lot on, on my feed, you, you can't pick and choose when you're going to influence. You have to be an influencer at all times, when it's good, when it's bad, when it's hard, when it's not. And this time, I'm, I will never say that it was not hard. It was very, very difficult. Um, it was scary. It still is scary. But I realized that my voice needed to be added. You know, I, I needed to speak up. I needed to say something. And from there, I've tried to be very intentional, even before I tried to be intentional. But now I've tried to be very, very intentional about what I'm putting on my feed, what I'm talking about. I try and still loop in things having to do with diversity and inclusion, um, uh, systemic racism. I try and still loop that into my feed while still talking about my everyday life so that my following knows, again, everything that glitters isn't gold. Just because my feed is nice and cohesive does not mean I do not struggle with things every day. Um, and to let them know, you're not the only ones having, having to have difficult conversations. I'm having to have them as well. Mm. And with that, what does influence mean to you? Influence means to me, um, really to put humanity over my reputation. Um, you know, a lot of the times, um, I see influencers and content creators push sales and push, um, you know, this product, it's so great and, and push clothes. You'll love these pants. They fit you so well, or this is so flattering, but when you influence, really, you have these people who will almost mimic their lives after your own, you know, they look up to you. And so to me, it's 
about more than pushing a sale or talking about what looks nice on me or what flatters me. To me, it's it's influencing you to make a change. It's influencing my followers to have difficult conversations at home. It's influencing my followers to do more beyond the feed, get out and do something. If you're afraid to uh, protest, then, you know, help clean up after the protests and, you know, or help a business buy a gift card from a business that was recently um, destroyed. You know, to influence, to me, is to influence you. You're influencing somebody's heart. You're influencing their mind. You're influencing their soul, but in the right way and in a good way that will not only impact themselves internally and externally, but can impact the community and those around them. I love that. And with that, I want to talk about how you personally saw that in action with um, a recent article that came out in, in BuzzFeed. And I would love for you to, to share kind of how all of that went down. But from my experience as, as a reader, um, what really stuck out to me, and you can give us some context as to where all this came from, but you had, you had wanted content creators to, to voice that, uh, to voice kind of transparency about, you know, a certain affiliate marketing company. And you were kind of like looking around and being like, man, I wish someone would talk about this or say this or say something. And then you finally said, well, why can't I, I may not be the quote unquote biggest influencer out there, but I do have a platform. Some people may think it's small. Some people may think it's large, but nonetheless, it's mine. And I am going to do this. And you even talked about how you were looking at your daughter and you wanted to be that source of courage and inspiration for her. And right. so you did speak out, even though you, you know, kind of toyed with that idea of like, my voice isn't mighty enough. Um, and then from that, you got a ton of coverage. It's how I came upon you. And now we're, we're speaking about it now. And so it did have this really beautiful domino effect for you to share what's important for you and to create impact. Um, and, and that was the biggest thing for me, for so many people that are listening, they always feel like they're not big enough or they're not large enough, or their blogs aren't big enough, or, you know, they got, they got in too late. And so they're never going to be able to, to make the kind of impact and reach that they want to make. And I just don't think that that is true. And I think that actually thinking that waiting for that magical day for someone to bestow, you know, influence onto you is just going to keep you stuck forever. And, and you're actually stealing from the world, the one thing that they need the most, which is your voice, you know, and and is your, your thoughts and your opinions and your beliefs and your experiences. So I would love for you to kind of share with us what initially happened, you know, your feelings around it, why you felt it was, it was important for someone to say something. And then that someone became you. And then what happened from that? Sure. Um, so talking to my daughter, um, well, George Floyd's death. Um, you know, these are conversations again, that I have every day, um, with my family and my life. My mom grew up in North Carolina through segregation. She grew up through it all. Um, and so growing up in Connecticut, my mom would always send my sister and I here to North Carolina, uh, to a small town called Goldsboro where she grew up. So she could see, so we would see the difference in how we are growing up versus how she grew up and how things are in the world. And I'm so thankful for that now. Um, and so it, it probably started with my mother sharing stories of, uh, being in segregated classes and going in through the back door and, you know, people talking down to her father and her, um, to talk about my grandfather, how he used to pick tobacco. And there was this guy named Dean and my grandfather would always look at the ground when he would talk to him and call him Mr. Dean, sir. And my mom said, you know, whenever she would go with him, she would look him straight in the eye and say, Dean. And she was just such a spitfire. And so she really gave me the fire that I have, um, within me. Um, and I, I promised her and myself that I would continue to push forward and to push for change and make sure my daughter could see it. So when George Floyd's uh, death happened and then speaking with my daughter, it really was her telling me the people who are, who need to speak up, aren't speaking up. And, you know, for me, I was like, well, again, uh, you're right. They're not like, what in the world? Like these huge influencers, you know, these brands, they're not saying anything. And then I was like, wait a minute, you're an influencer. You, though you have a small following, you have a following. Nonetheless, they're very loyal to you. Uh, when you speak, they listen. Why are you not using your platform? You are a black 
woman who has literally had uh, racial encounters? Why are you not using your history and, and what you've lived to push forward and to push for change? Um, and so from there, I was like, okay, uh, I, I said, Bella, you know what? I, I promise you, I, I will, I will start pushing forward. I will start making change. I will start saying things and her face just lit up. And so that was the next, um, you know, that was the next kind of, it wasn't, I guess my mom was the ember and Bella was really the fire. Like that kind of pushed me and I'm like, all right, let's do this. And so I began getting on my platform. I began getting on my Instagram stories every day, speaking out. And very quickly, I don't know how the larger influencers ended up seeing it, but I saw a ton of really big influencers watching my stories every morning. And so every morning it became, I would get on my feed and talk about something having to do with systemic racism and telling people, this is real. These are experiences. Um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I get weird looks and my husband and I, sometimes when we go to dinner, you know, we aren't treated the best, um, being an interracial couple, um, and as I began speaking out, it began to um, gain momentum. And then I saw one of the reporters for BuzzFeed and I sent her a DM and I was like, hey, if you don't talk to me, that is fine. But I think this is a topic that needs to be discussed. It is not getting talked about. We need to speak up. You know, there is a lot of money uh, in the uh, minority, buy minority buying power, buying market, and you yet minorities are being slain every day. I mean, we just had another death. I was like, we, we have to talk about this. And um, she said, are, are you comfortable talking about it? And I said, yes, I am. And some of my influencer friends said they weren't. Um, they didn't want to talk out. They didn't want to speak out. They were nervous about being blacklisted. Um, some of them were just nervous about losing followers. Um, and I said, you know what? I, I My following is very important to me, but being able to sleep at night and knowing that I spoke up when it was right is more important to me. Um, and I have a full-time job. This is my passion, but it's on the side. So I'm going to, I'm going to speak up. I'll do it. I, I will take one for the team. I will speak up. And very quickly, um, it really took on a life of its own. Um, I wanted to make sure with that article that people knew it from all sides. They didn't just feel like I was just talking out of anger and upset. I wanted people to know that, again, if you are an influencer, if you are a, a brand, you know, you you literally have the power and the opportunity to touch people and improvish neighborhoods as well as affluent neighborhoods. So if anybody should be using their voice at this point, it should be you all. Um, you know, you're very quick to talk about sales, but this is a death. You know, we have to put humanity over profit and we have to put humanity over our own reputation. We have to put humanity over fear. Um, it's important. People are dying. And I was scared. You know, I was definitely scared. Um, I did a local news article, a local news interview. I was scared when I did that. My husband went with me, thankfully, but you know, I was terrified. My, my girlfriend calls me modern day Rosa Parks. And I'm like, no, I, I, I don't think Rosa was scared. And she was like, no, Rosa was scared, but it, she knew this was what's right. Um, and so I just try and keep telling myself, this is what's right. This is what needs to be done. And my daughter recently said to me when I told her, Hey, um, you know, the, an article got picked up and I'm, you know, I'm going to go talk to the news station. She was walking into a room and she said, yeah, my mom's going to be on the news. I'm so proud of you, mommy. And she came back out and she looked at me and I, like, I could cry just talking about it now. Cause she said, um, I just want you to know you're going to be in the history books for doing the right thing. And I was like, when I called my husband, I FaceTimed and I was like, go get her. I'm so emotional. And, uh, it really solidified for me that I was doing the right thing. And I was doing the right thing, not only for her, but for future generations. So they don't have to wade in the mess that we really can make an impact on. Oh, that is so good. And I appreciate you walking us through that, through that. And I would love to know what what was the receiving end of that for you? Um, as you mentioned, it's like, I'm going to do this even though I don't know what the outcome's going to be. I can be scared. I'm going to do it anyway. And then how was, how was that outcome once you got there? Um, the outcome, it was great. I, I mean, it definitely... It, it, this entire process has definitely given me um, a boost of confidence. It's definitely shown me that you know, 
that quote, I think it's though she's, um, though she be little, she be uh, fierce, you know? So I'm only five, one, I'm like 110 pounds. Again, I don't have a huge following to me, but very quickly my following grew. Like, I think I was at like 15,000. Then like within like, I think like five days, I'm, I think I'm up to like 20 or 21 K. Um, so very quickly, like people came on and it grew and the DMS that I got saying, thank you for speaking out. Thank you for saying something. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us and to help us understand, because I've seen a lot of influencers who some who still don't want to talk about it and others who say, well, I can talk about it, but it's not my job to teach you. There's Google. And to that, I've continuously and will continue to say, yes, there is Google and there are history books. But one, a lot of the times history books will glaze over the history and what's going on. And then two, history can't teach you feelings. History is very clinical. It can teach you facts. It can teach you topical, very, very, very surface level. This is what went on. This is for how many years. This is who it impacted. But history can't teach you what I feel. History can't teach you what my ancestors felt, the, the stories that they've passed down through generations. And I think for my following in particular, um, sharing that history with them and for them to be able to see, okay, you're not, you're not only talking out of anger about a loss, you're talking out of fear and you're talking for not only yourself, but future generations of, of of all races, of all nationalities, you want everybody to be treated equally. It has been very, very well received. Um, I've had some some messages, some emails actually, and some DMs that have been, some have been um, very negative and very ignorant and nasty racially. Other ones have been, um, you know, trying to kind of bait me and, and, and say something and then kind of waiting for me to respond. And I've tried to be very, very intelligent with my responses and remember that hurt people hurt people. And this is coming from somewhere. And it really could be coming from ignorance. Uh, and, I, and, I, and with ignorance, I mean, you just don't know. And if you don't know as a Black woman, it will be remiss of me not to say something. I don't have to say everything, but I could at least and should at least say something. So it's been, you know, it, it's been, I think it's been mostly good. There, you know, there's always going to be those bad apples, but I think for the most part, it's been received very well. And it's also encouraged and had brands speak out. I've had brands DM me and say, hey, you reached out to us via DM. I just want you to know that we just put what we're going to do for the next six weeks um, up on our feed. We just wanted to let you know, or, hey, thank you for reaching out. We're going to say something tonight. Can you just, you know, not say anything if you'll give us that time um, to kind of, you know, curate a a statement and kind of figure out what we want to say. We are going to speak out about what's going on because we do care and we value you, which, which meant and means the world to me. Mm. And I, I just appreciate you sharing your own thoughts around this and experiences around this because, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the DM, right? Is that people don't know what they don't know. And so, yes, it's, it's every, it's every individual's responsibility to, to do anything in their life, right? To learn something, to create change, to figure out solutions. Because right. uh, we can't control other people, places, and things. Right. And what I loved that you said, and you you actually even had it um, a few days ago, you posted, or I think it was last week, you posted a guide for influencers on like calling brands out. Yeah. And you said, and asking for their support. And what I loved about that is that one word, asking. Because what I will kind of see a lot is that people will share their thoughts, which is fine. If, if that's their goal, just to share their thoughts on what they think somebody else should or should not be doing or their thoughts on this business or their thoughts on this brand, everyone can have their thoughts to that. But the, the thing that I always look for when, you know, and this even comes to what we were talking about earlier and, and then with just, just pure communication in general is like, is there a question here? Because if there's no question and you're just sharing your thoughts, that's fine. But is it warranted a response? Right. Because you didn't ask anything. Right. And so you don't know. Right. And so for me, I I love that you said, you know, not only am I going to share my response, but I'm actually going to create a call to action. I'm going to ask them specifically, what is it that you're doing? Not, I hope you're doing something or you should be doing something, but what is it that you are doing? Question mark. Right. Because, because to I, me, that warrants the call to action. That warrants them actually responding to you. If you didn't have that on there and they don't respond to you, well, 
did it even warrant a response in the first place? Because you didn't ask a question, right? Right. Right. I think, you know, I think a lot of people will say same thing. Well, well, I sent a DM and I, I told them my feelings. Well, you can, you can tell them your feelings till you're blue in the face. I mean, and they can respond back and say, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Or, you know, thank I, you for sharing your feelings. Right. Right. <laughs> thank you for coming to my Ted talk. But you know, but if you're not, if you don't ask and really you don't, it sucks, but it almost force a hand people will continue to do what they have done. It will be continued to be swept under the rug. We will continue not to talk about it. We will continue to go about our everyday lives. And then when this happens again, it's, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I don't know. I don't know what to say. And that was another thing with the template was a lot of people said, well, I, I don't know what to say. Okay, well, here's a template. Though you don't know what to say, here's what you can say. You can take this template and just take out like keywords and like really trigger phrases and use it as your own. Or you can take the entire template and literally write the name of the brand in it and send it to them. And very quickly, I had people sending me DMs from actually my home state, Connecticut. Um, I had people from Kentucky all over saying, listen, I use that template to actually have a conversation with my friends. I use that template to have a conversation with my family and to hold them accountable and ask them, what are we doing to make a difference? Are we having these conversations at home? Where do we stand on diversity and inclusion? I had a hairdresser reach out to me and say, hey, I use this template to reach out to some of the brands that we use and we supply here in the, um, the salon to ask them, what are you guys doing? Because if you don't stand for something, you fall for everything. We need to know. And I was like, this is, this is amazing. This is what I want. I just, I'm not looking to be a household name, but I want this conversation to be in every household. I want to feel like people feel like I have the words and I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to go to therapy to find the words. I didn't, I didn't have to turn to who knows Dr. Phil to find the words. I easily was able to pull something and say, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. What are you doing about it? And, and I, I appreciate that. And it's, you know, People are allowed to send people their notes and their thoughts, and, and then other people are allowed to read that. But when there's no question, right. there's no question. And so it, it, it's, it's, it's reframing, A, you got to know what your goal, what, what is the goal with me sending this, right? right? What is it that I'm wanting? What is my expectation? Because what could happen is that if I have a certain expectation and then that's not met, then my expectation is going to become violated and I'm going to get resentful. You're absolutely right. So I have to be really clear on, you know, is the expectation to get a response from this person? Well, then I may want to think about asking a direct question that would warrant a response. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I may not get one because there's no question here. And I just, I just need to be, I just need to be aware of that. Right. So thank you for that. I I think that was great. I shared it on my, on my Instagram and all that good stuff. (laughs) Um, Because it's, I think it's very valuable. Um, So I would love to know what's in store for you next. What are these next steps? I mean, I know that it's like, it's one day at a time right now on this planet, uh, sometimes one hour at a time. Um, But what are you most excited for and looking forward to as the rest of this year goes on? You know, right now, everyone's so passionate, you know, about, not everyone, but a lot of people are very passionate about the Black Lives Matter movement. A lot of people are passionate about diversity and inclusion and equality. You know, we're really in the ideation phase, you know, trying to figure everything out. But I recently posted a hashtag on my feed that said, go beyond the feed. And somebody asked me recently, like, what does that mean? And I was like, well, it means just that, go beyond the feed. We have to again, as influencers and even as individuals, we have to go beyond the feed. It has to be more than just, I added 12 black people in my Instagram to diversify it. And now my followers are eclectic. You know, it has to be more than I commented on a couple of, um, uh, minority influencers page and, you know, that's my contribution. I I made a donation to the NAACP. Um, and so, Though we are in the ideation phase um, of it, and I'm actually asking a girlfriend of mine um, to help me with it, we would like to take Go Beyond the Feed and make it into something more. We really, or what what I see for it, is really having a 
one-stop shop, like a resource where people can find out where they can donate, um, how to have conversations, to have more templates that people can, you know, use for brands and families, um, to have books where families can say, let me talk to my child about racism. Let me talk to my child about different races. Let me talk to my child about Juneteenth. That's on Friday. You know, I, I think it's really important to kind of centralize all of that and have it all in one spot so that one, we're holding people accountable, but two, we're also giving them the tools to succeed. Um, because I think a lot of people think I have to spend money, you know, to, to show my commitment to diversity and inclusion and ending systemic racism, or I, I have to go out and protest, or I'm not doing anything. Not necessarily. Really going beyond the feed and, and, and showing your support can really just mean, again, having those tough conversations um, with your family. Um, and so, I hope between now and the end of this year, yes, I would like for my following to grow, but I don't want it to just be numbers. I want it to be people who want it to be there. I want it to be people who continue to say, thank you for speaking up. I'm here because I don't know and I want to learn. I'm here because I know you're not the subject matter expert on everything Black, but as a Black woman, you're telling your story and your experiences and you're telling your husband's experiences of being married you know, a white man being married to a very vocal black woman in the South. You know, I want to be, I want to be a place of comfort for people. And I want to be a place of knowledge. And I want people to feel like you can do it too. You don't have to have a million followers. You don't even have to be an influencer. You can be an influencer in your everyday life with your family, your friends, your coworkers, your boss, anybody. You know, so I hopefully, um, you know, hopefully I will continue to be able to make um, a difference. And, you know, hopefully, again, I can bring this conversation to every household because I think it's important. I think it warrants a conversation. I think it warrants action. Uh, Tiffany, thank you so much. And just thank you for, for having the passion to share your voice and to use that voice to enact change and to use your voice to lift the knowledge and understanding and voices of others. Um, it is so appreciated. I'm so thankful that we were able to have this conversation today and that you were able to share so much of your own experience and offer strength and hope and wisdom. And um, where can those who listen to today's conversation, if there's anything that you loved about today's conversation that you want to share, that you want to give feedback on, Make sure to screenshot today's episode, hashtag the influencer podcast, um, tag me at Jill Solomon and then tag Tiffany. It's at the Northern Bell of the South. We'll make sure that that's in the show notes, um, the spelling of that, but it's pretty Northern Bell, B-E-L-L-E of the South. And then Tiffany, where else can people go to find you, your content and your resources? Sure. So a lot of my resources are, again, um, at the Northern Bell of the South on my Instagram. Um, I actually also have a Facebook page. So that's going to be facebook.com slash the Northern Bell of the South. And then my blog. Um, a lot of my really raw stories, um, be it from, um, you know, systemic racism to my infertility treatments, um, that's all on my blog. And that's going to be at www.thenorthernbellofthesouth.com. Um, Awesome. Thank you again so much for being here and for sharing it. It's really appreciated. Thank you, Julie. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. That is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram, head on over to our Facebook group at the Influencer Podcast, and let me know your thoughts about today's show. All right. I will see you again, same time, same place next week.